Welcome to CLCC Online. We pray that this message draws you towards Jesus and strengthens your walk with Him. We believe that we were meant to do life in community. So if you live in the Fraser Valley area, we would love to get you connected into the family. Find everything you need at clcc.ca. Enjoy. Well, hello, church. Happy New Year. It's an honor to start off uh, our new year. And I know over this past year, we've been talking about transition and we voted on Pastor Troy becoming our next lead pastor as of January 1st. But it's January 1st and I'm preaching. Does that mean you're looking at your new lead pastor? <laughs> but actually, no, I, I, I am excited to preach this New Year's Day. Uh, I am setting the tone for your whole new year. So I hope it's good. But who doesn't love a New Year's message? Today, I think I could talk about uh, maybe your New Year's resolution. Talk about getting to the gym or stop biting those fingernails. Or maybe it's finally time to quit smoking. I need to do one of those things. No, it's not quit smoking. <laughs> but to start 2023, I wanted to bring a New Year's encouragement. But I also feel like this is a great opportunity to share something that's really quite close to my heart. When I was in high school in uh, our student leadership program at youth, I read a book uh, called The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. And I saw it on my shelf earlier this year. That is a great concept for this coming year, hey? If we could step into 2023, living the life we have always wanted. Now, I'm thankful for John Ortberg for the inspiration for the title of this message. I don't necessarily reference the book throughout this message, uh, but if you are starting a New Year's resolution for reading more books, that is a great one to add to your list, uh, specifically if you're looking to grow in spiritual disciplines. But it's interesting, hey, how we view the life we want. Brianna, my wife, and I have been married for over three years now, and for over those three years, we have talked about nothing more than a puppy. The life we have wanted together is a life with a little pup. We dreamed of a little dog just like the one you're seeing right now on your screen. Isn't she perfect? <laughs> How could that face not be part of the life we all want, right? That's our puppy, Penny. Well, when she pukes on our white couch, I realized the life I wanted isn't all I thought it was. And I know my dog is definitely living the life she always wanted, eating, sleeping, repeat. But really, I think many of us feel this way. We think if we could have that one next thing, that new shiny toy or that next achievement, and then when we finally get it, we are still not satisfied. The reason I say this message is close to my heart is because we're going to look at one of my favorite passages of scripture today. And I think it's so very applicable. Uh, it's found in Matthew 6, smack dab in the middle of Jesus's famous sermon that we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, uh, verse 31 to 34, you can turn there now. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I'm just going to pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Would we, this new year, step into the life that our heart 
truly desires. Would you speak to us wherever we are and would you give me the right words to say? Amen. So when I say the life you always wanted, what do you think of? Maybe you can take a moment wherever you are and think, what does that mean, the life you've always wanted? Maybe it's financial stability, right? Especially today. Maybe it's a nicer home with a big yard or finally getting the man cave or hot tub. Maybe it's a nicer car, the car that has Apple CarPlay and a heated steering wheel. Maybe it's more vacation time or enough money so that you can retire and not work at all. How about (laughs) nicer clothes, newer golf clubs, or that new Apple Watch Ultra? Yes, I did just share my Christmas list. (laughs) But I think most of us could come up with answers like that first. But I want to get this big idea across today. The life you think you've always wanted may not be the life you really need. Let me say that again. The life you think you've always wanted may not be the life you really need. Because when we really think about it, is that really what matters most to us? If I left you all to ponder for a moment, what are the things in your life that are really missing? What are the things that are preventing you from living the life in your deepest heart of hearts that you've always wanted? What are the things that your heart has truly desired? You might say things like this. Maybe you'd say, you wanna understand your Bible better every time you pick it up and have a deeper desire to grow in knowledge of what it says. Maybe if you're honest with yourself, you'd realize that your kids growing up to love the church and have a relationship with Jesus, that's what you've always wanted. Maybe it's a reprioritizing of your time rather than clicking through all of those streaming platforms. I'm guilty of this. You use your time to be quiet before God a little more often because the life you've always wanted is a life when you hear the voice of God and you're in tune with his spirit. Maybe a better relationship with your family or your spouse or renewing that friendship that's gone away. And some of you, I might hit close to home with this one. Maybe the life you've always wanted for yourself is a life without addiction. That addiction or nagging sin in your life that has been present for way too long. These are the things that our hearts desire. This is the life that we know deep down we have always wanted. And maybe if you are here and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, maybe the life you've always wanted is these things, but you just don't know it yet. The life you think you've always wanted may not be the life you really need. So today I want to go on a journey. I want to walk towards the life that you and I have always wanted for ourselves. Not the selfish life we've wanted, but the life we know we were created for. So we're going to take a closer look at that Matthew 6 scripture and um, we're going to uh, pull out a few things. I think there are three things we can learn from this passage of scripture. The three things are we need to slow down. We need to set our sights and we need to seek what is good. Number one is slow down. When I was in Bible college in one of my classes, uh, we watched a a documentary and the documentary is called uh, Godspeed. Eugene Peterson and Tom Wright, N.T. Wright, what a a great start for a documentary. They walk alongside uh, a guy named Matt Canlis, Pastor Matt Canlis, and he felt this call to a Scottish Highland village of two or 300 people, and he worked at a small local parish there. And throughout the documentary, Pastor Matt and company discussed the importance of slowing down. Now, through his time in the small village, the majority of his pastoral work wasn't writing sermons. 
It wasn't running programs. It wasn't rushing from one event to the next, but he spent his days, as he calls it, walking the parish, interacting with the people in the small community. He dedicated all his time to being slow, to being present, and to being a part of a community. You know, when you go to a coffee shop, the same, to- same coffee shop over and over again, eventually you start to know the name of your barista. Well, he did this to every person in the village. Now, the description of the film, I think, puts it so well. With the help of mentors Eugene Peterson and Tom Wright, Pastor Matt Canlis discovers how Jesus walked this earth at three miles an hour. Wow, what a concept. It's estimated Jesus walked three or 4,000 miles over the course of his three years doing ministry. And as he did those thousands of miles, he did it at walking pace. How many people do we think he got to interact with, share meals with, have real conversations and enjoy community with? How often do we find something as simple as traffic so inconvenient? I've been in the car with some impatient drivers. Come on, step on it, lady, or something like that. And you pass them and then it's someone from church. (laughs) I know some of you have done that before. But I'm not saying we need to stop driving. In Abbotsford, if I asked you to walk across town, it would take a long time. But the idea is that we're always go, go, going. We always want to go. I'll give you an example. You see someone in the grocery store that you know, or, or even a stranger stops you in the park and wants to pet your dog. What a huge inconvenience we feel this is. And the whole time, you can't stop thinking about how you're going to get out of there. How can I wrap this up as quickly as possible? Because you have other things you need to do. You're busy. What if you stopped to chat with that person in the park? What if you slowed down and caught up with that person in the grocery store? Because the reason we slow down, we slow down so we don't miss out. We slow down so we don't miss out. We don't miss out on the best parts of life, the life that we were created for, life in community, life that isn't spent rushing from one busy place to another. Why not look at those conversations in the grocery store as an opportunity, a chance to love or to be loved by someone, a chance to walk through life at three miles an hour like Jesus did. Maybe slowing down is a key part of the life we have always wanted because we slow down so we don't miss out. Our scripture in Matthew, it says this uh, in Matthew 6, 34. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Slow down. Don't worry so much about where you're going next. Be present, enjoy community because I would hate for you to be going too fast only to miss out on the life you've always wanted. The life that you think you've always wanted might be fast-paced, but your heart truly wants to slow down. Number two is set your sights. It's the new year, right? And some of you young people, uh, it's the, as you enter the new year, you start thinking deeply about where we're going in life. What are we doing and the direction we're going? Maybe you start to get a little existential. You start thinking about purpose or where are you aiming Well, if you want to get a little existential, I think there's a biblical book for you. The book of Ecclesiastes is a great place to get lost. Every time I read Ecclesiastes, I feel like I'm left feeling both encouraged 
and a little hopeless at the same time. I feel inspired and I can't help but feel a little depressed all at once. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, the author of Ecclesiastes is most likely King Solomon. And if you don't know King Solomon, he had everything one could ever desire in life. He had wealth. He had all the possessions he could ever want. He had servants. He had many wives. And of course, the thing that we all want, he had power. What else could he need? So you think that the book he authors would be praising God for all he was blessed with. Maybe his book would even talk about how great life can be. But you know what the resounding message of his book is? Everything is meaningless. <laughs> the man who had it all, there wasn't anything that wasn't available to him. And he says, everything is meaningless. Do you see what I mean about this book being a little depressing? But what does that say about your striving? What does that say about where your sights have been set? The man who had it all, he says that your sights are set on meaninglessness. Maybe Solomon knew the life he always wanted may not be the life he really needed. And here's what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 5, 10 to 12 and verse 15. Those who love money will, have, will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? People who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much, but rich seldom get a good night's sleep. We all come to the end of our lives naked and empty-handed as on the day when we were born, we cannot take our riches with us. Any of us in our hearts, we would say that we don't desire wealth or worldly things above what is good. We'd say we care about being good Christians, right? We want to follow Jesus above all else. That's what we would say. If you're a basketball player, you might know this reference. There's an acronym in basketball. It's BEEF, B-E-E-F. And it stands for balance, eye on the rim, elbows, and follow through. This is how we teach kids to play basketball. But I think arguably the most important one is eye on the rim. Because you're going to miss if you don't look where you're shooting. You have to look where you're aiming to make the basket. Here's why you set your sights because your aim determines your outcome. You might be there saying, you desire to follow Jesus with your whole life, but your sights are set on something else. You're aiming in the wrong direction. Our verse, uh, Matthew 6, 31 to 32 says this, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? I'm gonna add a few things here. What car will we drive? What house will we live in? Will people like me? Will I be popular? Will I be fashionable? Will the person, that person think that I'm attractive? Will I get into the school I want to? No, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Now, I think it's important to note that having or wanting these things is not wrong, but not trusting that God will provide what we need, that is what's wrong. Our father knows our needs and he will provide. So are we gonna go through life saying we want what God has for us, but aim at the wrong things? Or are we going to set out for what is good? Because your aim 
determines your outcome. So aim for what is good. Aim for righteousness. Aim to be Christ-like and everything else will be added to you. Finally, number three, uh, I think we should seek what is good. So now that we're slowed down and we've set our sights on the right things, it's time for us to get to work. And finally, Matthew 6, 33, it says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Here's what that promise is. That when we seek what we were called to seek and live lives that are righteous with right priorities, he will give you everything you need. Why spend more time working towards the wrong thing when our number one priority should be seeking his kingdom because he promises that he will provide everything we need. Amen. Earlier, I asked you to think about the life you always wanted, the life that you seek. If we're all honest with ourselves, our actions sometimes reflect that we aren't first seeking his kingdom. Maybe you're someone who's been seeking success in your workplace or seeking financial prosperity, or maybe you've been seeking worldly things like popularity and recognition. I want you to know that what we seek is what we will find. Are you seeking what is good? Because when we seek the things that the world has to offer, we will inevitably find them. But what would it look like for you to start to seek something greater? Maybe if you seek more time in prayer, you'll find freedom from that addiction. Maybe if you seek a healthy devotional life, you will find that your children value doing the same. Maybe if you seek to serve your community, you'll contribute to someone's healing and maybe even their salvation. Because we are called to seek what is good because everything else will be added. Now to wrap up, I want to share my favorite verse in the Bible. And uh, it's actually found just a few verses before, Matthew 6, 26. And it says this, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Aren't you far more valuable to him? Of course, he loves us more than the birds yet we strive and strive for all the wrong things. He loves us more than the birds. He loves us so much that he sent his one and only son. Of course, he wants you to live the life you've always wanted. So slow down. Enjoy the life you were created to live. Set your sights on what is good because he says something incredible for you and seek his kingdom because he will provide what you need. Happy New Year, church. We hope this was encouraging. We love you so much, church. And I'm really believing that 2023 is gonna be the best yet. Thanks for joining us. If you are looking to get connected, we are one church in multiple locations. Our Aldergrove campus meets at Parkside Elementary School Sundays at 10.30. Our Abbotsford campus has three services each Sunday, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. We would love to see you at one of our in-person gatherings. If you would like to financially support us, you can always give at cscca slash give. See you later.